God, thank you for a beautiful morning to come together and to focus our hearts and minds on you and you alone. We thank you for this season. Um, we pray that uh, as we gather this morning, you would uh, quicken our spirits. Father, that we would find rest in Christ this morning. And we love you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You can have a seat. Glad you guys are with us today. This is the last Sunday of uh, Happy Holy Days before we go into our Christmas services that are coming up in a week. And we're gonna pass the buckets for giving. Thank you to everybody who is so generous at our church. Our church has recently um, started a new generosity initiative called We Could. And we've asked everybody who calls this place their home to give intentionally and to actually move towards tithing in the church. Uh, with the idea and the reality that if everybody were to give at our church, there are so many things that we could do uh, when the, the full tithe comes into the storehouse and the blessings that this community um, could, could continue to do and grow in doing. And so if you're a part of this church, if this church is your home and you're kind of hearing this and you don't know what I'm talking about, you need to jump online and watch the We Could series that we did um, so you can kind of catch up with some of the vision that I cast it in the direction that we have and uh, pray about uh, your giving. If you already give and you're already call yourself a tither, if you will, someone who gives that kind of level of giving, then we still want you to make a commitment. We want you to write down what you plan on giving annually. You can do it on one of these cards. Uh, we have them out there underneath the sign that says all aboard in the lobby. And you can also give online. Uh, you can do the same stuff on the card that you can online. Go to the website and press it. And uh, we want everyone to make a commitment. We wanna know where everybody is and what everybody's planning on doing. If you already give, like I said, do it. If you've never done it before, we want you to pray about your, your giving and, and uh, move towards a tithe and make an annual commitment. Really helpful for our church to uh, have everybody on board and have everybody giving and have everybody communicate kind of here's what we're, we're gonna give. And we've already seen tremendous growth. We made an announcement um, uh, several weeks ago that with just the new giving and the expected giving that we've already had, uh, that we already kind of anticipate coming in, but with new gifts, it looks like we're gonna already be moving from a $2.3 million annual giving to 3.3, already a million dollars if we consider everything that's already given, which is amazing. And that's not even 300 commitments yet. We have at least 400 uh, families in, or so that call this place home. So amazing growth already. And uh, it's gonna be amazing what we're gonna be able to do with that. But we're gonna keep talking about it till we reach our goal of $4 million uh, committed annually to the church. Uh, and so please, 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 I'm gonna, I'm gonna bug you until you do this. Uh, if you call this place home, communicate with us so we can, we can move forward. Uh, today, we're gonna spend uh, the day uh, in prayer. We're just gonna have some time where we can kind of quiet our souls and connect with God, focus on Him. It's very difficult uh, to do that this time of year, isn't it? You know, it's very, very difficult to actually focus on God. And when we think about Christmas, it's the time of giving gifts. And, you know, that idea is not... Uh, original to just whatever we've done over the past, uh, you know, 100 years with commercializing Christmas, which people often, you know, I think get upset about. But the idea is that God gives his greatest gift to us 
And he does that so we can become part of giving. We can be people who give. And isn't it interesting during this time of year, as a kid, you really think about uh, what you're gonna get. You know, I mean, we have little kids and that is what it's about. And I'm not saying that's wrong. That's, that's appropriate. There's a time for that. I mean, kids, it's, you know, that's it's part of being a kid. Imagination and enjoying, enjoying, you know, the surprise and to receive a gift and that type of love and comfort. And then uh, as we get older, all we're thinking about is what we're gonna give. I don't know about you, but I'm in the state of getting somewhat anxious about what I'm gonna give. As there are certain people, I just, ah, oh, what am I gonna get them? I don't know what to get them, I don't know. And you know, I'm kind of occupied with that um, during this time of year. But the whole thing comes from a God who just chooses to give to us. And that's what the incarnation is about, the blessing of God, the humility of Jesus. Uh, to become flesh and dwell among us, uh, to join the human reality so that those that follow him can be different offspring, offspring of the family of God. And now our, our reality can be transformed into what his original design was. What a gift, what a thrill of hope to know that Jesus did that for us. And that's all because he gave. And so uh, we're going to take some time just to pray and honor God, uh, and we're gonna do that. Um, as we get ready, I want you to prepare your hearts and ask for God's presence in this space. Part of uh, the reality of knowing who Jesus is because of the gift of Jesus, it's not just something that happened 2,000 years ago. We have uh, the presence of God here. You know, heaven has come to earth in Christ, and now he dwells in me, and the, the Bible teaches that he dwells in the gathering, the Spirit of God. And the way that the Spirit dwells in our life is a gift. It's a gift. It's, it's an undeserved gift. Uh, the Bible talks about the Spirit's presence in our life um, with the imagery of snow falling. In Isaiah chapter one, there's a passage where it says that though our sins are like scarlet, they will be white as snow. They will be like wool. And this is a picture of the spirit of God, the presence of God moving into our lives because in order for the presence of God to dwell with us, our sins have to be forgiven. You know, the tabernacle had to be cleansed. The temple had to be cleansed. The gift of Jesus, it wipes us clean and then the spirit dwells with us. This is this picture of this, this veil being torn between the space of God and the space of man, and now the two can become you know, united, and that's the picture of Christmas. And so what we're gonna do is we're gonna take a moment to just invite the presence of God into this space. You're gonna invite the presence of God into your heart. Now, for those of us that know him, you don't really have to ask for his presence in your heart again because he's already there. But part of asking him to kind of reveal himself is part of just your awareness and your engagement with the presence of the living God. And so we're gonna invite him to fall like snow, to open up our hearts, to open up our minds. Uh, actually, the original lyrics to the song that we're about to sing is fall like rain, but I, I, I wanna not just kind of connect with this idea of snow and Christmas, but the picture of the grace and the presence of God falling on us. And what is snow? It's just a gift. It's just like the gift of the Holy Spirit. There's nothing you can do when you think about Pentecost and the Spirit coming down. And it's just, it's a gift that we receive and it falls on us if we choose to receive it. 
And so it says in Isaiah, and this is a wonderful passage that's really a springboard passage to the prophecy of the gift of Jesus Christ. So it opens up with this picture of God and his people being separate. There's actually a passage just before this where God is kind of frustrated with the broken relationship between him and his people. And he says, you know, there are even like cattle and goats who know their masters out in the fields, but my people don't know me, their master. And then he says, so let's fix that. Let's reunite. And we'll do that through my presence. We'll do that through the gift of God. We'll do that through forgiveness so that we can be together. And so he says, let us fix this matter. Come, let us settle this brokenness. Let's fix this lack of connection. Let's fix our disobedience. Let's fix our disconnection from God, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they're red as crimson, they will be like wool. So we ask God through this next song for his presence to dwell richly in us, to forgive us of our sins. So what's gonna happen? The band's just gonna sing this song. I just want you to listen to the words and start to pray the words and, and ask God to fall into this space. And then after that, we're gonna go through um, some prayer that I'll lead you through. But for now, let's just sit and pray the words of this song together and ask for the Spirit's presence to be felt and known here. There's a passage in the New Testament where Paul is writing to the church of Ephesus and he says, don't be controlled, or actually what he says is don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. And oftentimes that uh, passage is used to tell people that drinking is wrong and that it should never be done. And that's not, that's not what Paul is getting at. There's actually a time for celebration. What Paul is getting at is what controls you because the real word that he uses there is the word control. Don't be controlled by wine, but be controlled by God, right? Don't let, don't let what you put into your body fill you up, take away your direction and overpower you. Let the spirit of God who's in you guide you every single day. And it's, it's apropos because I think at Christmas time, one of the things people do is everything they can to be controlled by wine or to use wine to get away from whatever they're whining about. I don't know. Um, and, and, I, and I get that. It can be stressful. It can kind of, you know, there's a, a pastor said that uh, Christmas time is a magnifying glass, right? It kind of makes stuff that's really bad, that's bad seem even more bad. And the stuff that's good, you know, you, you, this is really good. My family, my kids, you see that. And it's, but then the bad feels that way too. And a lot of people try to get through the holidays drinking and eating, and, uh, you know, because it can be hard. Family's hard. Life is hard. Things are difficult. A lot of people are struggling in lots of different ways. But the passage is about leading. It's about leading our souls. And that's why that lyric, right? We want the Spirit of God to lead us. Imagine what our lives would be like if in the midst of this time of year, which is that pressure cooker, kind of like to reveal the reality of who we really are, it's like, okay, what is going to be the thing that drives my next step? Who am I gonna to turn to? What am I going to allow to control me? My reactions, my bitterness, my frustration, uh, mere happiness, success, whatever it is. Imagine if even during this time of year, we said, God, lead my soul. 
Like, I want you to control me. I want you to be like, whatever comes my way, whatever decision I make, I'm gonna actually engage you and I'm gonna say, God, what direction would you have me go? And, and kind of move away from impulsivity or, you know, helping cover up with, you know, parties and drinking or whatever we may do, like move towards God's direction every day. And so we're gonna do that. We're gonna try to like move in that space this morning as we pray together. What I'm gonna do is just for the next 20 minutes, I'm gonna lead us through praying the, the Lord's Prayer. And I'm gonna take it section by section. And I'm going to help us just kind of uh, tease out the sections of the prayer. I, I do this sometimes, you know, sometimes in the morning, it's like, I don't know what to pray and I'll just pray the Lord's Prayer. You know, sometimes I wake up in the morning and, or whatever, uh, and, and, I, and, I, and I have like a list of things I wanna pray for, or I'll have a kind of a, just a normal, natural conversation with God, or I'll acknowledge the presence of God. And sometimes I don't know what to do, and I feel like, oh God, I wanna pray, but I don't know what to say to you, so I'll just pray the Lord's Prayer. And then sometimes I'll take the Lord's Prayer and I'll do what I'm gonna lead us through, and I'll just kind of break it up um, into sections and let each section kind of blossom. And I, I, I heard someone do that years and years ago saying that, you know, when Jesus is giving the Lord's Prayer, he's not just necessarily giving you like verbatim the literal things that you need to say, but this is kind of the form of prayer. These are the things you can pray for. This is a good kind of roadmap for prayer. And so when you think about it as a roadmap, it has all kinds of possibilities. And so what we're gonna do is I'm gonna have you stand in a second and we're gonna read the Lord's Prayer and we're gonna start praying together out loud. All right, we're gonna start praying together. And then as soon as I'm done uh, saying the Lord's Prayer and we're done praying it corporately, I want everyone to sit down and then I want you to move into a posture of prayer. All right, if that means just bowing your head, if that means folding your hands, if that means maybe like getting a little bit of space from anybody, no offense, um, any of that, whatever it may be for you. If you even wanna kneel at, at your your chair, you're welcome to do that. If you wanna hold your, you know, your spouse's hand and pray, whatever it is that you wanna do, I wanna move into a, a posture of prayer and reverence as we take some time to just put all of our attention on talking to God. And uh, we're gonna do that, we're gonna do that together. You know, I was thinking this week about prayer being the position, if you think about getting into a prayer, a, a position to pray, you know, oftentimes like we, we physically manifest reverent things. We bow our head, we close our eyes, we fold our hands, we may kneel. And that, that's a symbol of humility and worship moving towards the king, you know, the, the, the God that we love. Imagine if the prayer, if, if the position of prayer would affect our disposition in life. And I think that's what can happen is when we move into the space to talk to God and we just connect with him and we allow the spirit of God to affect us and we listen to God and we speak to God, it really is going to change everything about the way we see the world and how we live and how we react and, and what our minds are set on. So let's get our minds set on God, our Father, as we pray the Lord's Prayer together and then we go through each section individually. So would you guys please stand with me? and we'll pray, we'll start praying together. I want you to just read it to yourself for a moment and then we'll start to read it as a church.
Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into the temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. You can have a seat. Our Father, our Father, we come to you this morning as our, our Father, our Dad, our Creator, the author of life. And we, we, we say that, God, you are our Father. And in saying that, we, we ask you to reveal to us who you are and more, and what you're like. Some of us, God, when we think about a father, we think about something negative and something that is missing and, and there's grief and despair and disappointment. And Father, we come to you knowing that you're the perfect father, that, that who you are and what you've done for us and what you have for us and your heart's desire for us is so pure and good. And so, Father, we come to you this morning. We, we come because you've allowed us to come into your space and, and that you've made us your children. If you are our Father, then we are your children, Father. So we come to you as children. And some of us, God, we, we, uh, we've lost sight of our need, of what it means to be your children. And we're depending all on ourselves and everyone's maybe depending on us. But Father, this morning we come to you and we depend on you. And we call you Father, God, this picture of creation and benevolence, strength, wisdom, and goodness. We think about all that you have, all your power and all your, your majesty and everything you've done and your words and things you've done in the past to reveal yourself. And we just, we stand in your presence, God, because you've invited us in. As your children, the gift of Jesus Christ has made us heirs with Jesus. So we are brothers and sisters of Jesus. We are brothers and sisters of one another and you are our father. You're not just my father. You're our father. We all come to you. In the name of Jesus, we, we stand before you. And our father in heaven, father, we, we recognize that you are in this space, God. You're in, you're in your space and in your space, it is, it's heaven, wherever you are. And we, we, we see it, God. We know that Jesus is there with you uh, in heaven, in this heavenly space, God, that is, that is beautiful and good. And uh, we're here, God, on earth, and we are speaking to you, God, and we thank you that you've given us access into the heavenly realm through Christ. We know where you are, God, and we know that you've, you've given yourself to us in a sense 
but that you're not fully here and that earth needs all of heaven and that you've started to give us heaven with the spirit and Christ and the church and heaven has come to earth, but it is not fully here. You're up there and we're down here and we need more of you. And so we, we come to you, our father in heaven, in this space that represents all of who you are and all of your goodness and all of your promises and all of your eternal plan. And we come to you as you sit there, God. And as Jesus sits at your right hand and we come into the presence of God because you've granted it to us. And Father, hallowed be your name. We, we often, God, if we're honest, we have names, uh, sometimes even ours, that are higher than yours. You know, what we think, what we want, what they want, what mom wants, what dad wants, what my friend, what people, whatever it is, God, we, we actually respond to other names as if they are the hallowed name, God. And we ask for forgiveness, God, because we know that your name is above any other name. And Father, right now, we acknowledge that we don't live that way, that we don't act that way, this is why you told us to pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your name deserves to be at the top of my priority list. Your name to be, deserves to be the name and is the name that created all things and made all things and gave us everything that matters. And it's just, God, we, we, we put it in the shuffle. We put it in the Rolodex of all the other names and it pops up at our convenience or whenever we want or, you know, and God, we come to you this morning to confess that there's no name that is anything like your name, that you are God in heaven, you are the almighty, you are the beginning and the end, you're the alpha and the omega, you're the savior, you're the provider, you're the creator. And we put your name above every other name and we say the name Jesus, God. Your name, Jesus, we worship you. We ask God that the name of Jesus would strike in us this sense of respect and fear and joy and hope and peace, God, that Jesus, who you are, your name would become holy, that we would not take your name in vain, not in the sense that we use it frivolously, but in the sense that our lives don't represent your name. We are made in your image, God, and so we want our lives to represent your hallowed name. And so we put it up where it belongs, God. We put it at the top and we ask God in the name of Jesus that you would help us keep it there. That we would find you to be at the top of our mind and our thinking and our desires and our intentions every day. And Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask that your kingdom would come. God, we ask that the, in the name of Jesus that, that you would do things. You're, you're our Father. Your name is above all other names. You're in heaven. 
and we want your kingdom here. We want all that you are, your presence. We want heaven and all the goodness of God. We want it all here, God. We want you to bring your kingdom and we praise you and thank you that through Jesus, that was the beginning, you brought your kingdom to earth. The government is on his shoulders, God. You have it all figured out in the person of Jesus. And with that, the kingdom of God started growing, but God, you left us, the church, to, to be about continuing to grow it. And so we pray in the name of Jesus, God, that, that you working through us would bring the kingdom of God to earth. God, that your will would be done, that, that people would hear the name of Jesus and understand they're loved, that people would experience Christian uh, benevolence and charity and that people who are living in literal oppression in, in slave trading and uh, who are in abusive situations and who are trapped by addiction and sin and all of it, God, we pray that the kingdom of God would come now and liberate from sin. God, when we think about your kingdom coming to earth, we think about Advent and the arrival of Jesus, the King. This is why Herod wanted you dead because a new king, the king, was here, is here. And now, God, we look forward to, to when you will come back again and bring heaven to earth in fullness. But God, in the meantime, we're in this kind of, the sun is rising, but it's not fully up in the sky. And so we live in between your arrival and your future arrival, God. And so we pray, God, the sun would rise. We pray you'd use us that your perfect will in heaven would manifest through us, in us, and around us on earth. God, that we would be people who don't complain. That's the will of God. God, that we would be people who give you thanks all the time, that we would pray continually. God, that we would, we would live lives of peace, that we would lay down our lives, that we would give, love people every day. We pray, God, that what you want would happen here in this space. And God, we thank you for supplying every need that we have, Father. We thank you for giving us daily bread, God. I mean, some of us forget God, how I know I forget how weak I am and how I need three meals a day and eight hours of sleep, God. And if we miss one or two of those in a row, we, we just become a wreck, God. And we forget that, that you designed us to depend on these things, Father. And then if, we, if we're designed to depend upon these things, then we need to have a proper respect for the source of these things, God. And it is you who provides what we have. You give us our daily bread. You give us beds to sleep in. You give us what we need to get by every single day, God. And so we thank you for your provision in our lives. We, we know that there are many, God, who don't have that. We ask that we would play our role in helping supply the daily bread that people need around the world. And God, that we would never forget. We, we, we would never forget that you are the reason we have it. We think it's just fine and the system's always gonna work, God. But at any moment, you know, what we do can break down and you're the provider. You're the one who gives us 
what we have on our tables. And I pray, God, that as we break bread today, we would thank you for the food and not forget that, you know, if we don't have it for two more meals in a row, we would be a mess. We need you. And we're thankful, God, that you provide and give us what we need every moment. Help us, God, to depend on you the way we depend on daily bread and to see that actually you called yourself the bread, you called yourself the life, and we need to depend on you. And Father, if some of our lives are in desperation, it's probably because we don't view you the same way we experience food. And we think we're fine. But we need you every moment. And we thank you for supplying our needs the way that you do. And Father, we pray, God, that as you lead us and as we trust you, God, that you would help us to see people differently and that we would understand forgiveness in a whole new way. Father, that you, you would lead us into this place where we actually forgive people and we know that you forgive us, God. So we come to you and we say, thank you for forgiving us of our debt. Father, when we think about debt, it's what we owe you. And God, we owe you everything. I mean, we just don't do it right. We don't live life right. We mess up and we, we, we have no way of paying it back, God, but you forgive it. You step in and say, no, it's satisfied. You cover our sins as we walk away from you. You, you cover our sins like snow on the ground. You make us clean. You erase it. So Father, I pray that as we come to you this morning and we know that we continually need reminded of our forgiveness and we continually need forgiven for our sin, we know that you're faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness all the time. But Father, I pray that that grace and that mercy would overwhelm us so that we can forgive others as you've forgiven us. Help us not to, to miss the mountain of debt that you've forgiven us and then not forgive others. Help us almost to be the kind of people, Christian uh, followers of Jesus, who when we're, uh, you know, maybe mistreated in a certain way, that we actually see it as an opportunity to forgive, to show that person the kind of love that you've shown us the undeserved forgiveness, the debt that's paid so that we can pay that back and someone can say, I can't believe you forgave me like that. I've never experienced anything like that. And we can, we can let them experience the kind of love and forgiveness that you have for us. I really believe, God, that that's, that's your plan. We love because you first loved us. We forgive because you forgave us. Help us to genuinely understand that the world is so broken down that unless we become professional forgivers, God, there's no hope. And you are the leader of that in our lives. Father, and I pray that as the, the days roll by, that we would not choose temptation, we'd not, we'd not move towards the things that are um, maybe a quick fix or the things that are uh, just pleasure for the moment but, but are, are, are clearly unhealthy or 
wrong. Father, help us to trust you in those moments, right? Uh, to, to deliver us from temptation, deliver us from the evil one. Help us to, to remember, God, that uh, temptation, it lasts for a moment. And uh, if, you, if you resist it, then the enemy will flee. And uh, if you can be patient, God, then, then we can move through it and our lives and minds can change. Help us to, to feed on healthy things so that we're not wanting unhealthy things to fill the void. Help us to develop rich relationships that are whole and good. Help us to be genuine friends, fathers and mothers and brothers and sisters. Help us to experience all the goodness that you've provided in the appropriate way so that we don't go finding and looking for false pieces of what you made to fill us up and ultimately bring us to the end of ourselves and empty us. And we pray, God, that you would protect us from the evil one. We know that he has so much power and we know that he is here and we know that we have the spirit of the living God and we pray, God, you would protect us from the lies, protect us from evil, protect our families, protect the ones that we... Um, we live to protect. And Father, we just trust you in all of it. And we pray, God, that as we, we, we say all these things, that we come to you, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our debtors as we forgive those who we have debt against and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Father, we pray all of that in the name of Jesus, asking that your prayer would become our lives and that the gift of Jesus and the start of the kingdom would continue to ripple and grow forward and that what we would do is watch as our humble king continues to involve us in the process of seeing heaven and earth come together we love you. We thank you for what you've done, what you're doing, and what you're going to do. And we worship you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Uh, I love that song. What a great song to have in your mind this week. Another thing that we're going to do uh, is, first and foremost, this day is a day to just stop and pray, like we've said. So if you need more prayer afterwards, there will be people who are up here to pray with you, talk with you whatever you need. And if you want to sit in the room and pray when we're done, please do. Just, you can, you can sit in here and pray and uh, we'll keep this room kind of quiet so everyone can kind of leave briskly to the lobby if you're not going to stay in and pray. Um, but we're going to do something kind of fun, kind of different um, to try to engage everybody in a time of corporate prayer all week long. And so we are going to pray together all of us in the church uh, for six days in a row, all at the exact same time, all right? And we're gonna pray for one minute out loud, six days in a row. We started to think about what it would be like if everybody prayed all week long for what can happen in this room and through our church during Christmas time. What would happen in your mind and heart? What would happen in heaven? I heard uh, Louis Giglio say one time, if we saw what happened in heaven when we prayed, we'd never stop. 
And so, you know, God is, is a being, right? He has free will. And we can sit here and try to put him in a box theologically and go, well, if he already knows, then it's not a plan and he doesn't have emotion. And that's oversimplifying it. You know, God may not necessarily have some type of special anointing that's just gonna happen regardless of how we move. But what if all of us praying out loud together turns his head? What if he does something new? I believe he will. And so here's how we're gonna do this. We are going to pray every day, starting today at 5.14 p.m. for one minute, out loud. You with me? No? Yeah? It's a little weird, I know, but we're gonna do it. We're gonna do it, and we're gonna pray together. So here's what we have to do in order to accomplish this. Uh, we've, we've come up with several avenues. Uh, a great one is you can download the 514 Church app if you have not done that already. Uh, it's very easy to do. And then make sure your notifications are on in general and then make sure you go into 514 Church and turn on notifications because we're gonna push a notification a couple minutes before 514 p.m. every day for the next six days. Also, you can put it in your, your contacts or your, your calendar right now. So how many people think they'll put it on their calendar and remind them every day at like 513 to pray? Okay, then do that right now. You know, in fact, I am going to, uh, another way is set your alarm. All right, so set your alarm. I'm gonna set my alarm uh, for 5.13 p.m. Uh, right now. Hey Siri, set my alarm to go off every day at 5.13 p.m. Done. Okay, alarm every day. So now it will go off, put it in your calendar, get the push notification. Also follow us on social media because we're going to do like a 510, 511 announcement. So if you're following us on social media and you're scrolling through, boom, at 510, something's gonna come up and says, hey, it's almost time to pray. And then here's your guidance for prayer. I try to keep this really, really simple. Uh, Jesus's name uh, was given and they told him that he would be called Emmanuel, right? Emmanuel, which means God with us. So that is what you're going to use as the structure for your one minute prayer. You're just gonna pray two, two ideas and you can take it anywhere you want. But the, the big idea is that we thank God for being with us. We thank him for the incarnation. We thank him for dwelling in, in us. If we follow him and love him and worship him and his presence in our life, we thank him for that power and that reality. And then we're gonna pray that if he's not Emmanuel to others, which we know he's not, that he will be that he will become Emmanuel to somebody new in this room and through our church. And so do whatever you want with this thing. Like, I, I, you know, I, the way I'm gonna do it is I'm just gonna kind of wait to get prompted and I'm gonna see what the moment is. And if I'm with people, I'm gonna invite them to pray with me and say, hey, you know, we're all praying at 5.14 p.m., our whole church for a week would you pray with me for a second? And if, if it's too awkward, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I, don't, I don't know what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do something and I'm gonna pray, all right? But you're gonna pray out loud at 5.14 p.m. every day until Saturday. And then we have our services on Saturday, December 23rd at 5 p.m. and then three on Sunday, one at 10 a.m. and one at 3 p.m. and 5 p.m. Just take a note right now, mental kind of moment. We're not meeting next week at 11 in here. There'll be a 10 o'clock service only, and then a 3 p.m. and a 5 p.m. We love you guys. Uh, remember, we're gonna continue uh, to have this room be a place of prayer, and so have a, uh, an amazing uh, afternoon. We love you.